When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. time again, Allison. Yeah. I thought you said once and done. (laughs) (laughs) Once and done? Oh, for you to see him. (laughs) Yeah. And now he keeps coming back. He's reverberating. There are so many accounts. Like, we just did Jedediah's and then the Jumping Frenchman, like, a Mm. few episodes ago, and I didn't want to go back and do Flannel Man again so soon, because I just, you know, I feel like it's a well we shouldn't go to too often. Yeah. But we have so many interviews, and some of them go back to September. So I was listening to them, editing them, and I was, you know, maybe for the future. And I came across this one that's so freaky and so scary. About the mother and daughter? Yeah. Yeah. Now, all flannel man accounts are, are freaky and scary. Yeah. I don't know what's going on with this guy. I now have <laughs> strange familiars, listeners who never had anything else happen to them contacting me and saying they're waking up and seeing flannel man there's a whole other thing with that particular account that makes me wonder what's what's going so are on. you creating flannel man are we bringing flannel man to life that is one theory that people are going with that it's a it's a tulpa we've created based off but i mean it existed before i mean this is nothing that but do you think the popularization of particular you know, cryptids or 
um, urban legends or things like this, the way they seem to go in sort of like a cyclical cultural time. I mean, I do think that's a thing. Like, like yeah, Slender Man. Like, like, yeah. Like that, it, that had a moment. It, it was invented on the internet and then people started seeing it. Yeah, and there's certainly been times when aliens have been more popular and Bigfoot has been more popular. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think that's a thing. And it's possible. I mean, it's absolutely possible. The other thing is, like, I've had this... I, this... I don't think that negates any part of it if it is. I oh, mean, no, people are definitely. No. I think people are definitely still saying it, but... My other thought is, if it is an independent entity, mm-hmm. which... That's the other thing about Sheila's account in this episode, which we'll get to later in the episode. Mm-hmm. Hers more than any other, to me, suggests that it's more than just a subconscious thing that one person is manifesting. It's either a collective unconscious thing that multi-people are, are manifesting, which is mm-hmm. just as bizarre as magic or supernatural as anything else, or it's something independent. But we'll get into that a little bit later. My other thought is, if it is though, if it is an independent thing, and we're sort of pointing a spotlight at it and, mm-hmm. and poking it. I mean, John Keel did a little bit, but so are we going to get calls at three thirty in the morning from Flannel Man? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, I've just wondered like how it would react because it's been pretty much ignored. It's been pretty much pocketed away, you know, as this like weird thing. That happens that some paranormal investigators and stuff knew about, but they just. So, kinda... do you think Flannel Man listens to paranormal podcasts? Is what you're saying? <laughs> no, 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 not at all. But um, it's it's like the attention of the, uh, you know, is being paid to it. It's more like the the attention. It's not that. And you think it's one single entity that bounces? No, from... no, 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 no. Because people are describing different stuff. The consistency is the plaid shirt, and mm-hmm. the look of them changes and so forth. So, who knows? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I know that. Yeah, I don't think we're we're real close to answers yet. I wish I knew. I wish I knew. I think it's in the interview with Sheila where we talk and we joke around about there being this like punch clock and all these guys and they have to wear flannel shirts and then mm-hmm. they have like you're going to California and you're going to Arkansas. Like tonight. a Monsters Inc. And, kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and some guy sh- shows up in stripes and they send him home. You're like, uh-huh. no, you, you know that's not the uniform. You, you go home. Go home and change. Come back. Maybe that's why they have that look on their face. They're like, it's just a job. Like... <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Yeah, like Monster Inc. Yeah, so punching <laughs> the clock and, and showing up. So we have four accounts tonight. Three interviews. We'll tell it in their own words and, and one we'll read. And we'll start off with Brad. talking with brad who has a flannel man experience it seems like it has some of the attributes of other people's flannel mans but it's a a little different and they all seem to be a little different and have some things the same and some things a little different so let's just walk right into it brad what year did this happen this would have been the summer of 2001 and uh, how old were you at the time i was about uh 20 
what was going on in your life at the time? Just is there anything unusual going on in your life that you can remember? Anything particularly stressful or changes or anything like that? You know, I guess the only change it would have been I was in my first apartment. I was living by Fresno State University. And that was it. Actually, everything was really relaxed. It felt good living on my own. And yeah, nothing was really odd or anything. So just go ahead and uh, tell us about that night and, and walk us into the experience. Sure. Well, it started, I was chatting on AOL Instant Messenger with my friend Sarah. She's a high school friend. And we were chatting for a while. It was about 1030 at night. And she said, hey, I, I feel like taking a, a late night drive. She said, you want to go with me? And I said, of course. You know, I was a night person anyway. So we didn't really have a plan on, on going anywhere. So she picked me up and we headed out about 1045 and we're just driving along. I don't even really, because it was so dark and I didn't even have a car. So I didn't, I just stuck in Fresno area pretty much taking bus. And so I didn't really know where she was even, even driving us. I know we were going like a uh, Northeast of Fresno, kind of hit a country area. One odd thing that happened on the way to, uh, we ended up going to Shaver Lake, and that's where the experience happened. One thing that ended up happening that doesn't really have to do with it, but it's kind of creepy, is she just pulled off this dirt road. I don't even know why. It's a really skinny dirt road. There's really no room to U-turn or anything. And she's driving on it, I think just to explore. I think that's just what she wanted to do. And uh, we come upon a car, and she's like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to cry my pants if the lights turn on that car. And it, right then, you know, the car was totally blocking the way we were going and the lights turn on of course and it's just weird because it was in the middle of nowhere you know and so she starts backing and she screams and then backs out and then just takes off it was going towards us and i'm sure that person was just as freaked out as we ever to find someone there who knows but anyway so it's about shiver lake's about 45 minutes from fresno we ended up going there i didn't know where we we're going we just came in the town i saw the sign welcome to shaver lake there's a little town that leads to the lake and we get there and uh and she parks at the lake. You can barely see anything. There's barely any moonlight. We didn't bring a flashlight. It was real smart. But we get out of the car, and we're just walking along, and, and then we sit down against this tree that had fallen. And I think we're about probably like 15 feet away from the actual lake. You can, of course, just kind of see. There's a little bit of, of moon glow. And we sit down against this tree facing the, the lake, and we're talking, I think it's funny, I think we were talking about that Jane Son Bob Strikes Back movie or something like that that we just both seen. And she, I can just tell she tenses up. And she says, and this is really creepy, just this is the creepiest part is what she said to me was, please tell me that is not a man over there staring at us. And I just got a chill on my spine with her saying that. I knew she was serious. And I look towards the lake, and I'd never noticed this before, but it could have been my eyes just adjusting, but I see what totally looks like a dark figure of a man. Not super tall or anything, you know, maybe about six foot. And I'm like, I don't, I don't think so. And I get up, and I go closer, and the closer I get, it looks more and more like the first thing I think is a lumberjack standing there. My eyes are adjusting better. I can see a beard. I can kind of tell it's like a flannel shirt he's wearing. And I get closer. I'm like, hello, hello. And he's just staying still. And so I kind of observe the area. And I see some, some kind of trees that have been cut down partway that were about maybe eight feet, eight feet tall. 
And I was like, oh, I think it's just one of those those tree stumps. And I'm getting as close as I want to get to this thing, though, because the closer I get and the more I see, the more I see the figure of a man. But unfortunately, like I said, I didn't have a flashlight. You know, I didn't have like a cell phone or anything to, to shine on it. So I just back... I just walk backward with my eyes on this on this figure and sit down. We're both just sitting there quietly, and she's just like, it totally looks like a guy there, doesn't it? I'm like, yeah, it does. It looks like there's a like a lumberjack out here, like in front of the lake. And and I said, but I'm pretty sure it's just a part of a tree or something. It just I think our eyes are playing tricks on us, pretty much. And we're sitting there just kind of talking, and I know we're both kind of nervous about this. But I was trying not to act too scared. And, but I kept looking, and just the more my eyes adjusted, I'm like, this is like a man standing there. But it just, I didn't get a creepy feeling from it. It just looked like, it looked like someone stuck in suspended animation, pretty much. But it seemed, you know, it seemed solid. You know, it wasn't really like an apparition, like anything ethereal or anything like that. And I think we just both got the creeps and just said, oh, hey, you know, let's just drive back to town. And as we're leaving i'm uh she's not looking back at all i was looking to see if she was but i keep looking back and i see the figure and it's getting kind of darker as we walk away but i just stop and i look back one more time and and i didn't see it anymore i looked back about twice saw the first two times and and then after that it was just gone you know i could see the lake i could see where we were sitting and that that whatever was there was not there anymore so it moved it just disappeared or disappeared yeah yeah. Did it move at all? Like, you know, as you were looking at it, was it perfectly still as it was standing there? It was. One thing that was kind of creepy, though, you know those, I don't know what the images are called, but those images that follow you, like, say it's like just like a, I think they use like a, the Disney Haunted Mansion kind of a trick where you look at this picture and the way you look, no matter what angle you look at, it looks like its its face is kind of following you. Right, yeah, yeah. It kind of, I don't know if it's just because it's dark, but I kind of got the feeling like wherever I looked kind of like the face was just following me without really moving. Oh, that's kind of crazy, though. It it was. And actually thinking back, because this is, because I didn't get a creepy vibe from it, I just really didn't know what to think. It looked like, this is an obscure movie, but there's a movie called The Beyond, and it's an Italian horror movie. At the beginning of the film, there's a plumber named Joe. And it's a guy that's, I'm pretty sure he's wearing flannel. And he has like a, a, a small beard, not a long one or anything, but he's a pasty looking guy. And it looked a lot like that to me. Like as I got closer, it looked very pasty. I couldn't see any eyes at all. Just looked like a pasty guy with a with a beard. Could you make out the color of the shirt? I could tell that it was, it was like a like just like a red kind of flannel. It was hard because it was dark, but I could just kind of make out. I could make out that it was flannel somehow, but I don't know what color it was really, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. I mean, the first thought was Lumberjack. Right, right. You know? Yeah. I, I just want to tell you kind of a funny thing is I, I've i been listening to your show for a little while, and that's what I do at night. I work overnight right outside of Yosemite. I do night audit at a lodge right there outside of, like, just a couple minutes away from the south gate of Yosemite. And we heard your – my coworker and I heard you're going to do a Final Man show, and we started laughing. I mean, like, really, I thought this is, like, the funniest thing ever. <laughs> You know, I was like, this sounds like, I, and I said, oh, I wonder if it's like a, just a grunge guy. Maybe he just ties his flannel around his waist or something. I mean, like, really, I was making fun of it. Then I saw the image of the last, the last Flannel Man show you did recently. And I was like, whoa, that's weird. And then everything kind of came back to me. 
without even really thinking too hard about it. And I was like, oh, that's funny. I've been like laughing about it, but yeah, it's well, that's yeah. what I've been saying. I need a better name. Like <laughs> Flannel Man is just it doesn't evoke whatever this guy is very well. It's a name I just saw used on the internet somewhere, you know, years and years and years ago. So I took it from that. But it, it's, we really need a better name for this guy. So we can we can crowdsource that if anybody can come up with a better name. That was my wife's impression, too. I think she said when she saw it at the foot of where we were sleeping, she said Lumberjack. That was her, her sort of immediate impression. As yeah, well. and I remember then, too. Like, that's the first thing I thought. And, and Sarah, my friend, even brought it up. I was actually trying to get a hold of her. She's on Facebook, but she's really not. You know, it's like I haven't talked to her in a long time. We were high school friends, and I kind of wanted to get her take on it, too, and see what she remembered. Because right. I know that I didn't tell her everything because I was trying to – I was she got scared real easy, and I was the kind of guy that, oh, I'm going to scare her. Like, so I didn't – but because I was kind of creeped out, I didn't want to do that to her, too. I was trying to play calm, even though I thought it was creepy. And I didn't think ghost or anything. I thought there was just some guy that happened to be out there. And it was almost reminding me of, like, like someone going, maybe if I stay still, they won't see me. <laughs> like, kind of thing, or they won't notice I'm here. Right, right. You know, that's kind of what I got. But the more I got closer, it's just like I didn't even feel a presence. It just looked like I was watching someone stuck in time kind of thing. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Have you ever had in your life sleep paralysis? No. No, no I have not. And have you had encounters with any kind of, and I don't mean a natural black dog, I, I mean, well, either a natural black dog in a very unusual situation. For instance, I was at a haunted house or a graveyard or something, and I saw a black dog or a seemingly completely unnatural black dog. No, I haven't. I, and I know exactly what you mean too. It's kind of weird when someone mentions something and no, I haven't seen one. I get a perfect image in my head. I know exactly what you and, and the other, the other people you've interviewed, I know exactly what they're talking about, but I, I can't say I've encountered one myself, but just something in my mind, I get a perfect image of it. Actually, my, my wife hasn't seen a dog. I mean, I would call it like a demon dog. I yeah, mean, even if you, I mean, that's what I would call it. I mean, but she hasn't seen one, but she told me when we first got together about this, uh, she experienced a demon dog, but it wasn't physically there really, but it was in a picture of her. Do you want me to just tell that story really quick? It's super yeah, quick. yeah, sure. Yeah. It's super interesting. I wish she could. It's one of those relics, like one of those things, like where you talk about that tape recording that you had. Right. You know, one of those things like, oh, I wish, like, I totally believe her. She has no reason to lie about this stuff, but. It's one of those things that she threw away because she couldn't handle it, you know, and it's like, oh, I wish I could see this picture. So she graduated in 97 from Yosemite High, and she said that the whole day felt really weird. Like, they're at graduation, but she just, everyone was acting really just bummed out and not excited at all, and, and it was a really dark feeling. Like, the whole thing was really dark, just something about it. Like, there was a dark shadow over everything that day, and her grandfather got this new camera, and he took a picture of her, her class. And it took a while, but he got it to her. And he said, I wasn't going to give this to you. It didn't turn out quite right. And he was acting real weird about it. She gets it, and it's a picture of her and her class. And in the middle of it, she sees what looks like either the Tin Man from Wizard of Oz or a, an astronaut waving right in the center of the picture, like superimposed over it. And that's kind of what I thought. I was like, oh, is this an old camera? Like, you know, overlapping images? And she's like, no, this is like a brand new camera. And that's weird because he actually worked for NASA. 
So he took this picture, and there's an astronaut in the middle waving towards the camera. Next to him looks like something kind of like a white portal with a demon dog staring right at the camera with its like head sticking out. It's got these glowing red eyes. And another part of the picture is a picture of her peeking around a tree from when she was a child. Oh. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, do you have this? She's like, no. She's like, because I would stare at it so long and it just frightened her to the core. And she'd even put it in a drawer, try to forget about it, but she'd always just stare at this drawer. Like this thing was just like, had a life of its own almost kind of thing. You know, and it just creeped her out too much. Wow. That so yeah. was the the dog seemed like it was in the portal or coming from the portal or Right, like it was peeking its head out. Oh wow. Yeah. I wish <laughs> I wish like yeah, that she still had that. That's I mean, it's just like that tape. It's like so much of the evidence and however you want to take evidence, if you want to put it in quotes fine, of the paranormal, it just goes away. One way or another, it seems like it just goes away. The, uh... Right, like these things have a life of their own. Yeah. And you, it, just, it scares you so much, like, I'm going to get rid of my own evidence, like, kind of thing, you know? And it's like, why would I do that? But you know why you would do that, because it scared you so much, and you have to live your life. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> so... Yeah, with me, with that tape, it was, I was in no way ready for that. Just, you know, I think now I'd be completely fascinated, and, you know, I'd played on the podcast and everything else, but at the right. time... It was, there was just too much nope. It was like, no, nope, nope, nope. I am not ready for this. This is not. I know what you mean. I'm not dealing with this now. So I'll uh, I'll pack this away and, and deal with it at another time. And just literally tore the tape out of the recorder and threw it away. So I sympathize. I wish she had the picture, but I completely sympathize with that. I, I know what that is where you just, it's just, you can't, you, for whatever reason, you can't have it around. Yeah. I understand both you, my wife and, and you, why you would, yeah. <laughs> the portal thing's interesting. In There's a documentary about Skinwalker Ranch, and they talk about seeing things. Like, these are, like, legit, you know, physicists and stuff that were on Skinwalker Ranch, and they talk about seeing a creature, like, come through a portal. They said to the naked eye, it looked like it, just an orb. But when they were looking through it, through uh, equipment, I think it was infrared, they said you could actually see a creature coming through the portal, put its hands on the rim, and step out like it was just a tunnel it stepped out of that uh that whole thing is weird i didn't finish that book just because of i mean i started it recently like well recently it was like a year ago but i read so many books at a time but yeah that whole thing's interesting and, and how all these things kind of collide and it just it's so confusing actually the more you try to read about you put everything together like all the big things right like skinwalker ranch like the project camellio book the missing four and one stuff and it's like it's almost all kind of like relating, but and then it goes so far back in time, mm-hmm. and all be explained as technology, or else I'd be like, oh, it's just technology, like you know, someone's using like crazy technology, like whether it's our government or right alien right. or whatever. But then it goes so far back that you know, there's no way, or they, I was saying it's just like a cocktail of weird everything, you know what I mean? It's like maybe. Maybe technology is used to show us scary things because someone wants to just test it out and see how much they can scare us using mythology or folklore. Yeah, I mean, that's certainly a possibility. I always note that, and I'll use Bigfoot as an example, but you could apply this to almost any paranormal phenomenon. When, When someone sees Bigfoot one time, they just see, they say they're driving down the road. They see it, you know, cross the road or they see it on the side of the road or something. To them, that's the, the, those are the people that will tell you, no, absolutely, this is just a 
it's just an ape or a relic hominid or something very physical. But when you, you have people who encounter them multiple times where they have things coming on their property, you know, they, they Bigfoot creatures coming on their property repeatedly, and they're inca- that's when this stuff gets really weird. And you'll and then they'll start saying, well, yeah, I've seen weird lights too. And uh, we had like poltergeist stuff happening in the house at the same time. When they come together, when they're when things start happening more than once, that's when it's, it's like the phenomena start saying, "Okay, we're all related." Where you know that all this stuff, ghosts, Bigfoot, UFOs, it's all related, and it's up to you guys to try to figure out how. Maybe I'm at the point where I'm satisfied, knowing I probably won't uh, crack the code, but I'm, oh, happy, right. I'm happy to be be searching for the answers. But it, yeah, that's my new uh, one of my new working theories because it seems like. I have several of these cases where these people are talking about repeat encounters with Bigfoot, and every one of them, it sounds like they also have poltergeists in their house and, and weird lights around their house and so forth as well. It's, and the, the same thing was happening at Skinwalker. It was like, hey, it's not just one thing. We got multiple, multiple things happening here. To bring it back to what you saw, if you had to put a name on it, uh, whether that's ghost, whatever you, you, you want to call it, apparition illusion what would the what name would you put on this flannel wearing entity it's it's really hard to say it it was so solid you know like it was there but i didn't feel anything from it like even living breathing people you get close to them you can kind of feel their presence i felt no presence from this thing i mean to me it was like a person stuck in time you know and uh, i tried to communicate Say hello, hello. Didn't you know? Even move. It didn't seem. I heard. You know. Sometimes it's like the entity is shocked that you can see it. It's not shocked at all. Just you know, it's almost like I didn't exist to this thing. So I'm sorry. I can't. I don't know. It's just really hard to say if it was a ghost or right. Um, yeah, yeah, that's I don't just know. you know. I'm, I'm trying to again crowdsource this with with people who have had experiences because it's. I don't feel like it's a ghost necessarily because it doesn't seem like it's the spirit of one particular thing. It seems to be multiple things that are that are using this image as a mask, perhaps. Or yeah, it's like creeping into our subconscious now, kind of thing. Like really, really subtly too, because these are all so. Like I just I haven't listened to all the the Flannel Man uh, interviews, but I you know I listened to the last one. Even just from the three people, it's like very different stories. You know, one's like a you know the the I think her name's Deborah. The the dream that she had. You know which what was it called? Deja Reve that she called it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know the the and then the it's like oh, okay it's good she doesn't see the guy but then the dogs react that way like looking down the hallway that that flannel man was down. Right. You know it's just so weird. It's and then the other guy that was in the haunted house. You know or the house with all the strange goings on and uh, did he see like a reflection of it? Is what it was in his. Yeah, yeah, he he was yeah. yeah he was able to uh, through a mirror and a and a window kind of see into his kitchen. And see, that has always freaked me out. That whole lights, you know, when you have the lights on inside and you can see your own reflection and you can't see outside. That's that's my big nope right there. Like that's really scary to me. Yeah, yeah. I, I love having curtains. I mean, I've always been like that. Oh yeah, that, to me, those are some of the most horrifying Bigfoot reports from people like talk about them just coming up and seeing a face right in the window staring in that's whoa yeah yeah because that's actually one of my biggest childhood fears i used to stare out i've always been to strange things and horror movies just a huge fan since i was like two years old 
And I used to just look out my window at night and be like, maybe I'll see something weird. And I would just do it until I got scared. Like, I'd scare myself. I didn't see anything ever, but but it just always is. There's some just fear I've had since childhood of just red eyes looking through a window or just seeing someone peeking at you through a window kind of thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. Really basic. Kind of scares me to the core. Yeah, that's one. Like I said, that's one of the the uh, creepiest things. Sometimes I'll be up editing, and if it's a warm night, you know, I'm I'm editing the scary interviews for for Strange Familiar or something. I usually have the window open here. Some nights I'll just I'll hear something outside the window, and I'm just like, ah, it's just enough to get me to go over and like time to shut the window. It's probably a squirrel or something, you know, right outside the window. But yeah. it's like I I can't see out because I need the lights on to to see to edit something could come right up on the window and I'm always like, nah, <laughs> I'll pull the shade down or, or shut the window. Yeah. Oh, Brad, thanks for your story. I mean, unless you have anything else to add, uh, we'll, we'll have to call it another flannel man mystery. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't know. Wish I had some new input on it, but it's just another case that's different than other people's, yeah, you know? Yeah. They're all different and yet have that, just that kind of thread of just, eeriness that runs through them it's it seems they're no two are exactly alike but they all have enough in common where to put a big question mark over this guy right like well i saw the image on your on your facebook page and that really struck with me and then i thought okay well if i'm gonna say anything you know come out and say that i have a flamin encounter i want to listen to other people's first just because it wasn't creepy like i've encountered like an entity before that really was scary like i felt it before i even saw it kind of thing you know and and from this like i didn't i want to make sure other people that i listened to didn't feel anything strange from it really and it seemed like you know at least on that one i listened to your your previous one of my interviews wasn't like except for the one in the the house that was already on it didn't really seem like it was anything too creepy yeah most people you know overall most people have a very neutral response other than being you know if it's in their house they're surprised that someone's there but they're not particularly frightened of it. Most there's a couple, you know, there's a couple I, I have where people were, did not like it at all. My wife screamed, but it was just because like uh, she was shocked, you know, like like he shouldn't have been there basically. But she said it's like he had a, just a surprised look on his face, like like he was caught. It wasn't like he was particularly sinister, except that he was you know standing over us. Uh, right, that's what I felt too. I mean, it was just it would be creepy if there was just some guy staring at us. Like that's you know, even if it's a human. You know, some guy just there, we're talking for a while, and there's some guy there just watching the whole time we don't notice until later. Like, that's creepy, but, you know, other than that, it was just nothing really from it. No yeah. bad vibes, I guess. Yeah. I mean, yours is, I guess, most like uh, Catherine's, who just saw the guy, like, standing where he shouldn't have been. And again, it was in a it was in a park, and he just shouldn't have been there, and, and there he was. A little bit different. You know, he, she described a, a shorter guy i think than than most people short and stocky where other people are are describing him a little taller there's a legion there's a legion of these flannel wearing people can i get you to talk about this other entity you saw or oh sure actually that that was really that was pretty scary actually and it's funny because my whole life i've been into paranormal i always bug people actually like have you seen ghosts ever seen anything weird all my coworkers know like after a while when i get comfortable with somebody like i'm like hi how you doing and few days later i'm like so you ever seen like a ghost or ufo or anything like just <laughs> something i've always been interested in you know i i think it's really normal to talk about these things it's kind of fun and interesting it beats a lot of other topics according you know from my perspective 
So at this time, I was living in the, uh, this would be a few years after my final man experience. This was probably in, so my daughter was a newborn, so this is 2007. And around this time, actually, <clears throat> there was a lot of weird things going on. And I don't know if it's because I, I kind of started like meditating. And at the same time, I was reading like about a lot of topics I'd never read before. Like I started reading about UFOs and kind of like black magic, not like practicing it, but just like a history of it. I read the book, uh, the occult by Colin Wilson at the time. And, you know, I started kind of, I didn't practice it, but I was reading about lucid dreaming and that seemed to alone affect my dreams kind of. Mm-hmm. And, and so there was a lot of weird things going on with my dreams where it's like, I would like, you know, look down, I'd see myself sleeping. What started happening then too, and it still happens now, whenever I wake up, I'll see, uh, like stars above me and like it's really weird, or some sort of plasma kind of thing floating above me and it's happened ever since that time and it still happens this day one time i saw like what looked like a that sounds weird but like a like a plasma kind of spider crawling on my ceiling and it's not just because i'll close my eyes and i open and it's like still there and i'll turn my head and it's like it's caught in my eyes it's like there and i'll be able to look up but it'll slowly fade away and it happens to this day not every time i wake up but you know several times a month at least you know, it'll be different things. There's never anything scary, just kind of weird. Like, you'll see, like, a, like, I'll see a galaxy or something like that. I know it sounds weird, but that's just something that started at this time also. So, onto the, this being that I encountered, I was, my wife was working overnight, and I was home alone with my daughter. And I lived in this apartment for years, in the Tower District of Fresno, and for several years. Nothing ever happened. You know, nothing strange, although I was in a new room. Because my roommates had previously had this one room that was at the front of the, ho- the house, and I'd always had the one in the back. Now I gave my daughter the one in the back, and I was in this newer room. But still, I'd been in this room for a few months. I was watching TV in there. I turn it off, and then I get in bed, and I'm, I'm sitting up, just kind of letting my eyes settle, and I get this really strange feeling, like, like really like the worst case of the creeps I've ever had. And I kind of just like, I, I kind of start feeling like tired, but I don't know if I'm getting so creeped out that my body's shutting down or something. It's just kind of what it felt like to me. And then I just see from the door of the hallway walks in to the front of my bed, what looks like a young man and he's all in black. And, and he, I mean, it almost looks like some sort of like hipster or something like that. You look like a young man had like a kind of like a, a hip, haircut like almost like I, I describe it almost like as a as a mod kind of like a haircut like that kind of style of person and he goes in front of my bed and i'm just so terrified and it doesn't look like anything threatening it just looks like a young man with a pale face but he's got no eyes i can tell he's just got sockets that are black and it turns like it notices i'm in bed and i'm just like no way i'm i'm like terrified I'm like, I'm just not ready for this type of thing, you know, to happen right now. And I close my eyes just hoping that it'll be gone when I open my eyes. Well, I open my eyes and it's right in front of me, like leaning over me. And it spoke to me. And it wasn't like I heard it in my head. I I heard the words come from its mouth. I want to tell you something. And I don't know if I said it aloud, but I know in my mind I was like, no, no way. Just get out of here. I'm just not ready for this type of thing. And I was trying to stay awake and just stare at it, but then I felt like I was just kind of like lulled to sleep, like forced to sleep, 
and I was still scared, so I didn't want to go to sleep. I was trying to be proactive, and and I just and then after that, it's kind of like a a blur. Like I, I'm guessing, I just fell asleep and then woke up soon after. I think actually, and uh, uh, but it, it was scary. I mean, it 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 really was. It scared me, you know, just deep down, like a deep down fear. One of the things that witness leading and putting suggestions in in people's heads is a a problem when you're interviewing people. You know what I mean? So I don't want to, you know, say, hey, do you think it was this? Do you think it was that? But, I mean, you said at the time you were reading about UFOs and stuff, did you think abduction phenomenon at all at at any point? It reminded me of that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It just kind of had that vibe. But, like, I... And now I don't know what came first because I hear people that get abducted or interested in reading about it after. But it's funny because I read communion around that time. But I don't know if it was before or after this. But I've never had anything else. Like I've never even seen a UFO or anything. I've never encountered an entity like that before that or since then. You know, I kind of thought at the time when I was trying to explain, I was like, well, isn't the Tower District, which is kind of a hip area? And I thought maybe it was like, a ghost that killed itself or, or like a person that died or something that I was just trying to wrap my head around it. Right. Right. And it's weird. I was even trying to, before the interview, I thought we might talk about that. So I was asking my wife, I was like, I was trying to think about, and it's all a blur though. Like the events that happened after that, like, I don't even remember telling my wife about it now. Like actually just right before you said you're going to call me, I was like, Hey, I was like, do you remember me telling you about that? Like what happened? Did you come home from work? And I just told you, cause I know I would tell her about it first thing. And I was like, do you remember that? I was like, because it's all a blur to me now. Like, everything after that is now a blur. And she's like, oh, yeah, you just told me. And, you know, she's like, you just said there was some guy that went in your room and, you know, and, and talked to you. I was like, okay. But, yeah, it's it's just really weird. And I, I just don't know. I don't know what it was. And then it reminded me of the the lady that has a reoccurring flannel man that goes in her room and it put its – its hands on her mouth and nose, which that's really scary. Yeah, that's terrifying. Um, but what's weird is, like, she said it was someone that looked like they're in their twenties, which is what I saw. And while it wasn't suffocating me in that way, it was doing something I felt to make me go to sleep. Either that, or <clears throat> either that, or I was just so scared my body shut down. Which I, I you know, I, I, it's yeah, hard to say. I, I mean, I have experienced this, and and I've talked about it on the show. I, I you know. As I call it my my maybe abduction experience. I don't think I was abducted, nor do I think they're space aliens that did it. But I woke up and there there were entities beside my bed, and I was mad. I mean, they were doing something to me. I thought I don't specifically remember being operated on, or 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 you know, everyone jokes, you know, did you get probed? I don't I don't specifically remember that. I just remember having an invasive feeling. I, I remember like they were there, they were doing something, and I did not want them there. And I was enraged. I, I mean, I have never in my life been this angry at anyone or anything. I I, I, I was just you know, I, I I wanted to scream, I couldn't scream. I was so mad and I fell back asleep several times. I, I woke up I wanna say three or four times you know, and, and they were still there, and I would just go back to sleep, and I had no control over it. And just like in your situation, there's no way I should have gone to sleep. There's no way anyone should go to sleep in, in either of those situations. Your daughter's in the house, and here you're seeing something like this. There's no way you should fall asleep. You know, your first... Right, like, if it was a robber, I wouldn't be like, nap time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah like, exactly, yeah. You know. 
it's, and, th- it makes zero sense. And yet it's, I mean, we're not the only ones. It's, you know, people will talk about this across the spectrum. The other thing I note is Clint from OK Talk and I had both come to the same conclusion and we use the same term. So I'm going to continue using it. Separately, we started talking about this as the Eye of Sauron. It seems like when you start looking at this stuff, and it can be even just reading about it, that's the weird thing. It's like the eye turns and looks at you and says, okay, here I come. Yeah, and, I know what you mean. Yeah. I actually worry about that because I, I like talking about this stuff, and then my kids talk about it. My son's got a drawing of a, a dog man. He's never seen one, but it looks just like a dog man. And, like, and we live, I live in, in North Fork. Uh, California, which is right in the Sierra Nevada. I mean, the forest is my backyard. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, maybe I should tone this down because I kind of feel that way. And I don't know if it's just because I give myself the creeps or what, but when people talk about their counters, I'm like, I know what you mean, man. And I've never encountered that. Like when people talk about these Sasquatch encounters or, or these dogman encounters, and they talk about the thing just peering through their soul, like they know something we don't, and then they smile at them or something like that. I'm like, I, that repulses me. I know what you're talking about, but I've never encountered it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's... You know, and, and it's like that, yeah, like exactly, like the Eye of Sauron is a perfect way of, my, of putting it. My wife and I used to, we'd say every time we read Mothman prophecies, weird stuff would start to happen. Again, my wife's a big skeptic, but she'd be like, oh, you're reading that again? Okay, I guess we'll be waking up at, at 4.15 a.m. to strange phone calls every night. It would just happen, and it wouldn't matter if she read it, if I read it, if it got to the point where... We used to have, you know, I was a musician, a touring musician, so I would open my house before I had kids to other touring musicians. So a lot of a lot of musicians would come in and stay with us, sometimes for a night, sometimes for a week. If they were good friends, they might stay for a whole summer. So we've had people there for extended periods, and, and a lot of times, like, you know, they'd be looking through our books and stuff. And it got to the point where we were like, you may borrow this book, and you may read it elsewhere, but you cannot read it while you stay here. Offense. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's weird. I was talking to my friend Terrence on a on a cell phone and I was driving from, I only live about 45 minutes away from my hometown of Fresno. So I, I visit frequently. I talk to my friend Terrence on the phone and we like talking about this kind of stuff. And he's more into the conspiracy government kind of stuff and Illuminati and everything. But so we're talking on the phone and all of a sudden I hear this crazy sound and this sound is creepy because it comes up a lot. Like it's kind of like the predator sound, but it comes up a lot with aliens. And even like in creepy movies, they seem to use this like weird clicking sound. Mm-hmm. really gets on my nerves like like a like I, I can't even do it right it's creepy but anyway so then the phone started doing that and i heard all this like like weird chattering right and i heard like oh, i see you like oh. i'm serious oh. and i've never been that scared in a car before like i was like i want to go home now like i was driving and it was in the middle like you know i'm on the 41 there's no traffic around i'm like in the madera kind of Madera Ranchos area along the 41 and there's like nothing out there. It's like almost looks like a desert and I'm just like really creeped out. And let me just bring this up because I like talking about this stuff, but it's really scary. There was a, a message left on my friend, my phone a couple days later and it said that my friend Terrence had called and it was a really weird recording of all this like weird clicking sounds and like really strange voices, you know? And, uh, no, I actually, it wasn't even a recording. I was listening to it live for a long time, and I thought he was messing with me. And then I eventually hang up the phone because I'm like, that's enough of that, you know. Like, you know, when you want to talk, not just try to creep me out, that's fine. And then he calls me the next day. He's like, what was that weird message you left me yesterday, dude? 
I was like, what do you mean? He's like, all this like weird voices and stuff. Like, how did you do that? (laughs) And then it kept happening though. I have this phone somewhere. I'll find it. I didn't actually did not delete this. If the phone still works somehow and I can access the voicemail on it. I don't know if I can, but I saved these because it was weird and it kept happening where like I was getting all these messages and it would be from him. The guy, the one person I talked to about all this weird stuff. And it just was like a whole bunch of creepy coming off the other end of the line. You yeah. know, and then I heard this final phone call. It's I was listening to, I think it was like Coast to Coast or something a while ago. And it was during David Politis interview. And it was about this this professor that went missing and they later found him dead. But he left this. I don't know if you heard it. He left the final voice message for his wife. Or it, call, it came from his phone, right? And you almost hear him in pain. Oh, yes. The, oh, it's terrifying. It's a voicemail unlike anything you've ever heard before. There are two minutes worth of noises, bizarre ones. But very little actual talking. Authorities confirmed the disturbing middle-of-the-night call came from Henry McCabe's cell phone. It was Labor Day, September 7th at 2.28 in the morning. McCabe's worried wife heard the message. His and my cell phone connected. Minnesota Community Policing Services is a nonprofit agency and acts as a go-between with police and the Liberian community. The leader is trying to help the family make some sense of this recording. The growls turned to high-pitched moans. Like, so, like, like he's moaning in pain? Mo- like moaning in pain. The tortured grunts suddenly stop. There is silence. Then someone, either Henry or another person, says, stop it. Okay, those voices in the background, mm-hmm. besides him screaming pain, that's what was on my phone. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, it gives me creeps talking about it. Yeah, it's, yeah there's, and there's like a weird growling, I think, too, in that, right? It almost sounds yeah. like, yeah, like a, like a growling, and, and then there's voices. Yeah, it's so, so weird. And yeah, it's that, not even the whole recording. I heard there's a lot more to it, but you know, on YouTube, they just all you can find is what they played on the news. Yeah, you know. Um, wow, I'd love to hear yeah. the whole thing, man. Me too, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the no, thing. You, you know, you have to balance it with you know he he had a wife, and you know maybe she doesn't want that whole recording released, and you have to honor that. Just yeah, as... I mean, yeah, these are people's lives. I mean, it's it's very fascinating and, and scary, but it's like, yeah, I can't, I can't imagine being right there, the emotional, I mean, having your husband found like that, and then after disappearing, and then that last voice message, it's like, what are you left thinking? Right. You know, yeah, yeah, I understand what you mean. It's, you okay. know, it, there's a personal part, too. Thank you, Brad. Thanks for telling your stories. Yeah. No, thanks for the chat. It was, it was cool. All right. Well, let us know if anything else um, strange happens. Oh, sure. Well, yeah, you got it. (laughs) So next we'll go to Dan and hear his Flatoman account. All right, we're talking with Dan, who wrote me about a Flatoman encounter he had when he was young. Why don't you just take it away, Dan? Sure. Boy, I was probably 12 or 13, and I got up in the middle of the night one night, and um, let's see, I went down, had to use the restroom. So I was in there, I don't know, four or five minutes, and had the lights on and everything. So I was awake, and um, started walking back down the hall towards my bedroom, and I 
So I'm, you know, stopping to get some water. So I went to the kitchen, didn't turn on the light, then looked towards the end. The stove is on the end of the room. And I happened to see movement. And it was a leg, you know, it was a man sitting there with his leg crossed, and he was swinging his leg. So I kind of just, you know, was kind of stunned, and I um, just kind of watched it and looked, kind of moved up after, you know, moving my vision up to see, a, like, a red flannel shirt. And that was when I kind of freaked out, and I ran into my mom's room and told her there was a man on the stove. And, of course, she didn't believe me. So I was like, no, Mom, there is a man on the stove. So um, she finally got up, and she left the lighting the way it was because she kept saying, oh, it's just shadow. So we walked in there, and, of course, it was gone. And I mean, it looked completely normal, nothing like what I had just seen. So over the years, it was just always a, not a joke, but, you know, my family and my sister and brother would always bring it up and ask me to tell them the story of the man on the stove. And it wasn't until, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago that a friend of mine ran across your podcast and she said, I found something weird. Uh, the guy was talking about Flannel Man and I just got chills. I was like, I thought she was screwing around with me. So she sent me the link. And then when I was listening to the other stories, I was like, boy, this sounds exactly like what I saw. Now, I didn't see his face. I think, like I said, I saw the movement of his leg, and I think I was just kind of stunned. And when I snapped out of it and started looking up to see his shirt, I realized it was a, a human form, and that's why I, I, I just took off. But it was pretty weird hearing other people saying the same kind of thing. Yeah, it's been it's been really weird for us, you know, sort of, I, like I said, I knew it was a thing, you know, but I didn't know how much of a thing it was, honestly, and I mentioned it almost offhandedly about my wife seeing it, and then things have just been crazy ever since. I mean, just crazy. Oh, really? Yeah, I get, I get between one and three flannel man reports a month. For a while there, they were coming in one or two a week. But oh, it, really? Even now, I get one or two a month. I've gotten so many; it's incredible. Yeah, that is. It's it's totally bizarre. So, so you didn't get a chance to see his face, or or no? Uh, it was it was kind of like it must have been like a moonlit night or something, because the way the the window is, I think the light would have shown in. Like if you were sitting on the stove, the light would have been hitting basically his torso, you know, and his from from his neck down. So his face would have been, I think, in an actually more shadowed area. But like I said, I think as soon as I saw, as soon as I realized, you know, it wasn't a shadow, you know, and it was an actual red and black flannel with blue jeans and sitting there with his legs swinging back and forth, crossed over. That's when I just took off. I mean, I was like 12 or 13 years old. <laughs> yeah. Was it normal for anyone to be sitting on this stove? No, no, it was a gas stove, so there were pilot lights. So there was no way anybody would, could have been sitting on the stove. And that's why my mom, I know, she was like thinking, okay, you're seeing things, you know. I mean, there's no way somebody would be sitting on the stove. Yeah, it was pilot lights, so uh, no. As comfortable as you're, you're willing to, to go, and, I, you know, it's up to you, about where was this? You can be as specific as state, county, town, or or as general. As oh, you want. Uh, yeah, I grew up 
in Norwalk, Ohio, which is right, I don't know if anybody's familiar, you know, with Sandusky and Cedar Point. It was about 20 miles south of that. All right. I, I'm just noting because we've had sightings from all over the place. I mean, like yeah. all, all over the country. But uh, Yeah, I've, I heard you talk about even from like Great Britain. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And more than one from Ohio now. So. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think where Vanessa's. Um, I'm drawing a blank on her town, but I know I know we have at least two in Ohio and maybe three. And plus, there was a story from the 1940s of some miners. Now they were in Kentucky, but I think it was right on the border. Oh yeah, where uh, they were trapped in a mine, and a guy in a red flannel shirt walked out of the side of the wall of the mine and told them, "Don't worry." You're going to be saved, and and several miners saw this. Like multiple miners saw this, and indeed they were saved. So, oh wow, yeah, and that's one of the the earlier reports I have of uh, something that that seems to resemble this guy. Uh, yeah, it's weird because you don't know. I mean, obviously he wasn't dangerous or anything to me, uh, and if he helped these people, you don't know if he's like if it's a good thing to see him or. Yeah, I mean, overall, and this is just drawn from the number of reports I had so far. Overall, people are shocked to see him, but more because he shouldn't be there. Not because yeah. they get some kind of bad feeling from him or anything. It's more just like, whoa, there's somebody here who shouldn't be here. So they're shocked, but most people in general said, you know, it's a very kind of neutral experience. It's not, you know, super horrifying. It's the shock comes from like, oh, there's a guy in my house who shouldn't be in my house. And then, yeah, that that was exactly it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I mean, you know, I don't know what to say about the guy. I tend to think, you know, I'm, I take heart, at least in the in the episode in the mind and think, well, maybe this is a positive thing. Like maybe he's mm-hmm. maybe he's a good guy. He, he seems to be maybe some kind of watcher. You know, I mean, he's just kind of checking things out. I don't know. I, yeah. I don't, and but he also would have to be fairly recent you know if he's wearing flannel and jeans you know i mean they it's not like it's a you know 300 year old outfit or anything like that you know yeah it's, I mean, it was, it, it, it's also one of those things where it tends to be you know semi-timeless i mean anytime from it's kind of like the workman's clothes anytime from the mid late 1800s up till now yeah yeah so, so it's one of these things that's like hard to peg a time so you, you wonder if it's you know, like the men in black they're always in just you know black suits and and black fedoras it's kind of a timeless look that you you can't really right. You wonder if it's if it's chosen for that effect. I I don't know. A, a couple follow up questions. Sure. Have you ever had any uh, experience with what seemed to be out of place or supernatural or just somehow weird black dogs? No. Okay. No, I remember. I think it wasn't your wife or something that had seen the black dog. Yeah, yeah, and and yeah, then, I heard that, but no, I'd never seen any dog. Okay, of any kind. That's about like since I've started asking that the question, it's about it. Not even fifty percent probably have. It's let, but but enough have seen the black dog with not either. Usually, it's not directly with one person saw them at the same time, but usually people see black dogs at some time and then flannel man at another time and. And uh, it's enough where I, I ask the question, that's all. And yeah. have you ever, and I know this wasn't a sleep paralysis experience, but have you ever in your life experienced sleep paralysis? Sleep paralysis? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not, what is that? Like you wake up and you... Where you, where you can't move, you feel like somebody's in the room with you maybe. it's. Uh... 
I think uh, you'd well, know it if you had it, probably. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so then. <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah, and that's something I ask every guest because I'm just I'm just keeping track of the the number of people who've had experiences who have also had sleep paralysis, which is oh, I see. It, it's a uh, yeah, it's no, sort that, of separate. No, I never had that. This was just like the one time thing, and um, you know, I stood and and actually stared at him. You know, probably I don't know, fifteen or twenty seconds. You know, while I was standing there and just before I snapped out of it. and I know, I, I, sometimes I wish I could get hypnotized or something just to see if I could keep looking up, you know, to see if there was a face or if I just, if I didn't even see it, period, you know. And he was moving slightly, right? Oh, yeah, he was actually quite rapidly um, moving his leg back and forth. You know, you sit, like, kind of, I don't know, a pier or something across your legs and just kind of move your leg. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that was the motion, that was what caught my attention, you know, and I walked in the room, uh, and like I said, it was it was dark, but it was kind of moonlit. So, so yeah, I saw the movement and just kind of saw that, and then I started looking up, and that's where I noticed the shirt, and that was, yeah, it was it was weird. So that was boy, you know, forty years ago, and um, like I said, I've been telling the story ever since then. You know, here and there, and a few friends, mostly family, but. Never saw him again? No, never saw him again. Any other, so, like, kind of haunted activity in the house, or was that kind of a isolated incident? Uh, that was really the only thing. You know, sometimes, like, the room I was in, you would get feelings or something, but I never actually saw anything like that. Um, that was really the only incident. After I heard your podcast, you know, and I was going over it in my head again, I was getting a little bit paranoid walking around the house. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> No, most people only see him once, and that's it. It's once and done for whatever reason. So, uh, yeah, that's the puzzling part, you know. I mean, it's you, people. More people see Bigfoot than they do Flannel Man, of all things. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I, I'd say so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just like it's kind of odd, you know. What? Why? You yeah. know? Well, that's the big question. Yeah. I don't have a ton of answers on it, but uh, I am collecting the stories. And I, I thank you so much for sharing your story. It's really interesting. Oh, sure. Yeah. Like I said, I've been telling the story to people I know for 40 years. I thought it would be kind of interesting to have it, you know, somebody take it down and record it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm putting the book together, too. So all these experiences are, are going to go in the book as well. Oh, yeah. So. And I, I'm one of your people um, people that saw it, when, it was in the kitchen also, wasn't it? Like, at I least the one, one story, of them. It was like in the refrigerator or something. Well, well Vanessa had, had him open the refrigerator and look at her refrigerator. And then there, I, there was another one. I think she was coming out of the kitchen and he was in the next room. But it, a, a kitchen oh, okay. was involved as well. Yeah. Yeah. That was kind of, that was kind of strange too. Yep. But, yeah, I know. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Dan, for your stories. Thanks for sharing, and uh, I don't think you probably won't ever see him again, but if you do, give us a call. Let if us know. I do, I, I definitely will. Yeah, get, get to you. <laughs> All right, very good. Have a good night. All right, thanks. All right, you too. All right, thank you. Strange Familiars is brought to you by our patrons. Thank you, patrons. Without you, there would be no Strange Familiars. 
If you'd like to help us continue to make Strange Familiars, you can become a patron at Patreon. That's patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. For $3 a month, you get full extra shows. We're going to do, I think, two this month. We just did The Grave of the Wolfman, and we have one coming up. I, I believe we'll be getting it out this month on the secret cipher of the UFO knots, or the UFO knots. What's your, what's your preference there? Are you a UFO knot or an UFO knot? I'm American, so I guess I'm going to have to go with the UFO knot. <laughs> the UFO knot. <laughs> you know, for so long when they would talk about that club in Britain, I had no idea that that was what it was. Oh, the UFO club. The UFO club. <laughs> I was like... I thought Pink Floyd was just playing somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll have that show coming up. I think that's going to be really... And we're going to get weird on that one. That's going to be a weird one. I love that there's a delineation <laughs> in your mind between like... The normal, a normal one where like a, a supernatural entity in a plaid shirt visits you at night. And that's not... That's on the not weird side. Oh, no. We're going to get weird <laughs> with this the, one. The weird side is coming. So... Yes. Strap so th- yourselves in. That should be the next patron show. And if you want to help us out more, you can go in at different levels and you can get things like t-shirts, stickers. What else do we have there? Copies of my book, signed copies of my book. I would also like to shout out to Brawny Paper Towels for an invitation for an advertising opportunity. Sponsor us (laughs) because we are doing so much Flannel Man content. I mean, we're giving it away for free. We should be getting something. All of those extra levels are, you know, if you can afford to go in more, you can get extra stuff. And that's all at Patreon. Patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. If you don't like the idea of a subscription and you just want to help with a one-time donation, there's a paypal.me link that's in the show notes at strangefamiliars.com. You can always do that, and that is a big help as well. Another way you can help is to review the podcast on iTunes. That's free. Or Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. That helps us in the ratings i think that's what i've heard other podcasts say so i presume that there is some kind of there's a reason every podcast says it so i'm saying it too help us with reviews (laughs) spread the show around Uh, spread word the word on the show you can share us on social media and so forth all of that is a big help and now back to our program Next, we're going to read an account, a flannel man account. Oh, okay. And this is um, this is from Ruth Ann. This is someone who wrote to you, or is this? This is, is a listener, and she sent her flannel man account. All she right. Said, It's been 20-some years since this occurrence. A bit of background. A friend of my boyfriend, Joe, was visiting us in Chicago. Joe and Jeff had met at a music festival several years before and had traveled around the country together following bands. Like many of the people in that culture, acid, weed, and other things were part of their everyday lives. And at festivals, there were always the balloons of nitrous oxide. By the time Jeff arrived at our place, it had been a couple of years since he and Joe had seen each other. Jeff had gotten heavily into the nitrous oxide. He'd gone so far as to get a caterer's license so he could buy the large canisters used in big food venues, (laughs) and he carried two of these in his Jeep. 
The couple days he had with us, he kept going out to the Jeep to inhale straight. No balloons or whippets. He'd already been experiencing some tissue collapse. His doctor, who knew the truth, was quite worried about him. So this night, Jeff was asleep in the front of the apartment, and Joe and I were in the back bedroom, which opened off the side of the kitchen. We'd been asleep for some time when I woke up. I don't know why. There by the open doorway, still in the kitchen, facing the back of the house, with his left side toward the bedroom, stood a man. He was probably about 5'8 or 5'9, tall, lean but not skinny. His color was like a white man who had tanned. He had brown hair and a rather scraggly short beard, just a little bit more than stubble. He was wearing a red plaid flannel shirt and some kind of denim pants, which I couldn't see very well. On his head was a dark cap like a sailor wears, you know, the the white ones, except for this one was dark. I didn't get the color of his eyes when he had turned to me, the light coming in from my kitchen's back window was all I had, and when he caught my eye, he grinned, almost like a smirk. This whole thing lasted no more than ten seconds at the most. The person I saw was shorter than Joe, and leaner than Jeff, and neither of the guys had a shirt like that. I blinked, shook my head slightly, and he was gone. I went back to sleep. By this time, I'd been a high priestess for several years and was pretty open to things we called high strangeness and the paranormal. Something else, maybe connected, not too long after that, maybe a few weeks, once again Joe and I were sleeping. I woke up and saw a man, that I thought was Joe, sitting straight up in bed. I put my hand out to touch him and asked if he was all right. When I noticed that he was lying flat, whatever this was seemed to melt into Joe's body. Once again, the flannel shirt, and once again, I went right back to sleep, unafraid. I thought that because of the drugs, the guys and Joe alone did that what I saw was this trickster that people under the influence frequently see manifesting. However, since I wasn't doing the drugs, that didn't make any sense. But both times, Joe and Jeff the first time knew nothing about what I was talking about. And when I heard about the flannel man, I had an aha moment, and I still don't know. The grin is something we'll hear about in Sheila's account. Yeah. I don't know. Now, in these other interviews, which I've done before, Mm -hmm. obviously, I say that, you know, overwhelmingly it's a neutral experience. Usually when people see Flannel Man, it's it's shocking, but it's not scary. It was scary for me because somebody's not supposed to be in my room. Right. Here's where... I contradict myself. This always happens. Mm-hmm. I did the brownie episode, which was a very mm-hmm. positive, you know, experience he had with mm-hmm. with an Albatwitch like like creature. The very next episode, I contradict myself when I say how many people don't have good experiences with these little people. Mm-hmm. I, I always end up doing this whenever I make a declaration. Yeah, and, so, the, and it's the kind of thing too, where I think two people experiencing the same thing might have entirely different true, ideas about although, what happened. I don't see how Sheila's experience could have yielded anything, but... No, there's certain times when I'm kind of like half listening to you interview people in the background, and there have been a few times where I've just gotten these insane chills and just physically sort of gotten scared for people when they're telling their stories because they're so authentic and... I was editing this show yesterday. (laughs) I did the original interview. I read her original email, you know, when she originally told her story Mm -hmm. to me before I interviewed her, I knew it was coming. Mm-hmm. I still got chills mm-hmm. up and down my spine. This is, in my opinion, maybe mm-hmm. other people would differ. In my opinion, this is the scariest flannel man account that we have. So let's just go ahead and play this interview with Sheila, and then we'll come back and talk about it a little bit. Okay. 
tonight we're talking with Sheila, and one of my listeners pointed me to your story. He saw it on Reddit, and I'm so sorry to this listener. I have lost the email. I get emails and messages about five different places, and it's hard to keep track of all of them. So whoever it was, I'm very sorry I lost the email. Thank you for pointing me to Sheila, and or her to me, actually. Uh, <laughs> she, she contacted me, I think, after you contacted her. So yep. that was very awesome, and it's it's great to have listeners that are on the ball. I'm not on Reddit, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I, I would never have seen it. So I, that's that's something I have to rectify. I know because there's there's a lot of good stuff that happens there. So well, um, Sheila is going to talk about a flannel man experience. Except, I guess before it happened, you didn't know that people, other people, were seeing this this fella, huh? I I had no idea that flannel man was a thing, and you know the experience happened, and it's been a few years ago now. But the reason that I ended up posting to Reddit was I happened to be reading John Keel's The Mothman Prophecy. And, uh, you know, in the the book, there's a particular section where he's, he's talking about someone having had an experience with a flannel man or a checkered shirt man. And there was a, a line at the bottom of the page that said, Bedroom phantoms in checkered shirts are old hat to investigators of psychic phenomena. I've come upon this time and time again, so often that I've written long articles about it. In some cases, these ghosts in plaid are accompanied by the odor of hydrogen sulfide and sudden chills or sudden blasts of heat, while other episodes are probably purely hypnopompic. And after I read that, I thought, oh my gosh, Apparently, it's it's more common than I thought, and so I, I went ahead and I, I wrote our story down because it, it's a story about my daughter and myself. It happened, oh, I'm guessing almost eight years ago now, nine years ago, quite a while. She was in college at the time, and I was working as a sales rep, so I, I traveled a lot. I was home most weekends and, and uh, you know, some nights during the week, and this was a, a weekday night, and Tim, it was really weird, because it was just a normal night, it was not a, you know, there wasn't anything stressful going on, there wasn't anything u- unusual happening, you know, no, it was winter time, and it was cool, you know, it's Florida, so it's not really cold, um, you know, it wasn't foggy, there wasn't, you know, anything, there was nothing unusual about this night, I mean, uh, my daughter went to bed before before I did, and, uh, you know, I went to sleep probably, I guess, around 11 o'clock or so, and sleeping happily, everything was, was going beautifully, and all of a sudden, I, I was awakened, but not just awakened, it was, it was crazy, because it was like, I don't know if you've ever had something, like, fall over in the middle of the night. And it wakes you up, but, you know, the sound is already gone. So you don't really, in that moment, know exactly what it was that woke you up. Right, right, But, yeah. you know, it, it was instantaneously awake and instantly tense, like something wasn't right. And it was almost electric, the way it felt. And I was instantly scared, and I was, I was still, you know, laying flat in the bed, and I'm like, Something is wrong. Something is, something is different. And instantly, I sat up. Now, this house that we lived in, 
I loved this house. One of the reasons I loved it is I had a, a bedroom upstairs that was huge. It was, it was the entire upper floor of the house, and uh, it was probably, I, I guess, 17 by 20, something like that. It was a big bedroom, and I had, you know, big windows, a lot of light, even at night, from the street lights outside, but I kind of liked it, you know. It didn't, didn't bother me. I had I had great shades, but they were translucent, so there was light there. So when I sat up, and it was almost like I had to stand to sit up. I had to sit up and look to see what was going on. There, about eight feet away from the end of my bed, was a man. And he was about, I guess, 5'8". He had on a red and black checkered shirt. I didn't think it was flannel. It just looked like a regular checked shirt to me. But he was also wearing blue jeans and, like, heavy work boots. And he had a a grin on his face. And I can't even begin to tell you how menacing it was. It was very scary. And, you know, in the instant that I saw him, your mind does incredible things when you're very, very frightened. Because the imprint of what I saw, even today, I can picture him and what he was wearing and how he looked. And it's just as frightening today as it was then. And it's almost like I could see him breathing, like his shoulders were were going up and down as as he was taking a breath. And, I mean, at that that instant after i after i took in what was happening you know i freaked and i started to scream you know i i must have closed my eyes at some moment at at some you know i i don't even know how long but when i opened him up again he was gone and then i hear my daughter who is downstairs and in our house her bedroom was very close to the stairwell. So I could call down to her and and she would hear me. So I heard her from up above calling for me, you know, Mom, Mom. And she said, Mom, there's a man in my bedroom. Oh. Okay. Now, even now, it, I just get a chill. <laughs> sure. <laughs> because, yeah. you know, she she was maybe 19, 18, 19 at the time. But the worst thing for a mom is the the idea that you know her child is is in danger. Absolutely. And so I get out of bed once I realize he's not there because the first thing I think is, oh my God, he's run downstairs, you know, and now he's in her bedroom. So I run down the stairwell and down the short hall, you know, in, into her bedroom. And she's sitting upright. She used a fish tank, a gigantic fish tank for a headboard. And she kept the light on at night, you know, for illumination. She was, so she's sitting up. And she said, there was a man in my bedroom. And I'm looking around. I don't see anything uh, amiss. 
her sliding glass doors uh, and and the shutters over them are closed. You know, there's nobody else in the room. So I'm thinking, oh my God, they were in here, and then somehow they managed to get down the hall and out towards the rest of the house before I could make it to the bedroom. And I I'm thinking they're really he he's really fast. I mean, very fast. And so I turn around and I leave her and I start back up the hallway. And as I go. I'm turning on lights everywhere I go because I'm saying to myself, I'm going to see who this person is and I'm going to flush them out. I'm going to, you know, at the end of this walk, I'm going to have found whoever was was in the house. So I'm going, you know, into my into my office, turn the lights on, into the living room, turning the lights on, the kitchen, the hallways, towards the garage door, checking to make sure that all of that is secure. I make it all the way to the front door, and there is nobody in the house. So I'm happy about this, but I'm still freaked because I know what I saw, and I know, you know, that that my daughter saw something. And so completely freaked, so I run back to the bedroom because I'm thinking now, maybe I was wrong. Maybe he's Maybe he's in a closet. Maybe he's in one of her closets, or maybe I, you know, the the door was ajar and I didn't see it in her bedroom. So I get there and everything is closed. There's nothing in the closet. There's nobody. The door remains closed. And so now, you know, I'm starting to shake because I'm saying this is there's there's no logical explanation for this turn of events. I I don't. You know, the mind was not grasping what had happened. So I go and I sit down with my daughter because she's shaken too. And she says, Mama, there was a man in my bedroom. And I said, well, honey, what did he look like? And she said, he had on a plaid shirt, red and black plaid, (laughs) and jeans. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, uh, I I didn't even know what to say. And I said, honey, I said, I saw the same thing in the bedroom. And she says, I heard you scream. And when I sat up, he was here. So it must have taken place all at the same time or within, you know, seconds of one another. We both had the same sighting. Wow. Uh. So we talked about that, you know, for quite a while. We had a heck of a time, you know, going back to sleep that night because it was it was it was really surreal, very uncomfortable, and you know, like I said, even now, mostly I think because you know when when you have a child that's in danger, it kind of really amps up your response to whatever is is going on. Yeah, I have to say when when I read your story initially, I don't either I didn't realize your daughter's age or it's not in there and I sort of pictured her younger. Yeah, I have children <laughs> myself and I I kind of pictured her, you know, toddler to 10 years old in that range and I thought, "Oh yeah. my god, what, you know, what I mean like like I mean it's bad enough that she was older, but I was mm-hmm. just, you know, I was imagining a little kid and I just thought, "Oh my god, like you, you, that would have been a it's horrible either way, but that would have been especially horrible. You, you think of a little kid like that, and he was grinning at her too. Oh, 
Well, we talked about that, and and uh, I I don't know I don't know what the deal. It was like a two wide, and it was a fake two wide grin at the same time, and you know I don't remember anything about his hair. I don't remember, you know, all I I really I can focus on is 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 that that grin, hmm. and uh, you know it was it was menacing and evil. And uh, you know, it, like I said, it wasn't it wasn't until I read that little blurb, you know, in the Mothman prophecies that I went to look to see, you know, if there were more stories about it. Right. And there are uh, there are a few on the internet, and then I thought, well, I'm going to write this down and put it on Reddit and see what happens. And I couldn't believe the response. <laughs> you know, and, and one, as you said, you know, one of your listeners wrote in and said, you need to call in and talk to Tim, <laughs> because, you know, he's he's had several episodes about this. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, I've been stunned at the response. <laughs> I, it was something my wife saw, very similar to you, woke up, he was standing, we were sleeping on the floor uh, when we were young and our backs were, were good. <laughs> we, could, <laughs> we could sleep on the floor in her parents' house, and... Mm-hmm. He was standing at our feet, and she woke up, woke me up screaming. By the time I, you know, got around to to waking up, I, I never saw it. I don't know whether that's a good or a bad thing, but she, it was very similar to yours. He was just standing there. Now she said he looked like surprised or caught in a way, like surprised he, he she could see him or or like he was caught in the act or whatever. That's the the, the major difference, I guess, but. You know, it was enough to just his presence was enough to make her scream. You know, he shouldn't shouldn't be there. Well, um, you know, one of one of my one of the things I've always been afraid of, for whatever reason, I don't know, is waking up and having someone already there. Mm-hmm. You know, not not someone coming in. You know, where you can be somewhat prepared. You kind of hear them coming in, and you can be prepared. No, waking up and them already being there, and this was like the worst case scenario that I could think of. And, you know, I was single at the time. There was nobody else there. It was just her and I in this house, and it just felt very threatening and just evil. Yeah. Just very uncomfortable. And I I know some of of the other stories, he he hasn't appeared that way. And I think mostly the the thing that, you know, he didn't walk towards me. He didn't didn't try to get us. Of course, I didn't see him that long either because I was sort of freaking out (laughs) at the time. But he was eight foot from the end of the bed. Very scary. Did your daughter say about how close was he? About the same, you know, distance from her? No, because her her room not as big. He he could only have been about three or four feet away from the end of her bed. Wow, so even closer. Yeah, he. The, the the sequence of events. I mean, it, it's worth going back and and repeating. It had to be almost simultaneous, from the point you woke up and scream, and then she called you. I mean, you right. had had to see him like almost at, simultaneously. Right, because it, it's, for her to say that she had heard me scream and sat up and then saw him, you know, because I'm sure you know it had to have freaked her out too. You know, your mom is is awakened screaming for some reason. And then you, all of a sudden, you're awake, and you sit up, and there's some guy in your room. So she had to scream, too, but I didn't hear that because, you know, I was having my own Holy Ghost dance in the bed. Right. You know, because I was scared to death. Sure. 
You can be as general or as specific as you want to be. Where did this take place? I don't, you know, just to give people oh, an idea. Well, I, I grew up in Daytona, Daytona Beach, mm-hmm. and we were living at the time in a house. I actually knew the people that we bought the house from, and I, I've gotten some questions about that, you know, if it was an older home or, you know, anything like that, and, and it really wasn't. It was a home that was, was built back during the 80s, and uh, I moved into it. In the 2000s, I guess um, 2001, 2002. So it wasn't that old, and it was a single-owner home. You know, so it wasn't like you know there had been people. Maybe somebody died in there. I don't know. Sure, but yeah. I doubt it. I knew the family, and you know they had young kids that grew up in the home, and then um, you know went to college, and eventually the parents sold the home and and moved into something smaller. So, you know, there wasn't really much history. I haven't ever seen him since. She's not ever seen him since. And um, I'm truly uh, thankful for that because... um, Well, that's one of the things I can tell you. Most people, you know, a couple people, like now I'm 30 or 40 different accounts at this point. I have both on and, and off the air. And by far, most people see him once and never again. He, if it's a ghost, it doesn't seem to work like other. It doesn't seem to be haunting one particular place. People see him once mm-hmm. and then never again. One or two people have seen him. I, I've got a one or two multiple witnesses, and one uh, is kind of an ongoing thing for her. But for the most, the the vast majority of people, they they see him once and and done for whatever reason. It's really interesting because if John Keel writes about it having been kind of an established, you know, genre. Because mm-hmm. he'd heard so many stories about it, it makes you wonder what what is the deal? You know, what is the deal with the plaid shirt, and what is the you know the deal with him kind of being a, a one shot ghost? You know, my guy had on blue jeans, and that seems to be fairly common. Yeah. But you know, think about that as a group of people. You know, now you say you have uh, about forty of them. What in the world? Why that commonality? That the shirt and the the you know the the overall appearance, almost like he's going to work. Yeah, that's, that's mm-hmm. how I felt. Mm-hmm. Like he was dressed for work. Yeah, I, yeah, that's the the general consensus. The first person I talked to after I I talked about my wife's account on the air, he had actually as a kid crawled out of bed. He thought it was his older brother, and he could smell mm-hmm. the oil on the work boots. He said. Oh wow! So, so yeah. He, he got that close, you know. No, I didn't want to get that close. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> I didn't want, but I mean, I could tell he had boots on. That's that's the other interesting part. But you know, my my family all had been you know blue collar worker people, so and it was not, you know, it wasn't wasn't odd to have seen someone dressed like that, you know, even in Florida, because like I said, it was winter, and I thought, well, okay, it's winter. He's got on a long sleeve shirt. You know, and and work boots. It's just that's the way that that it felt. You know, that's the way he looked. You know, we still talk about it every now and again. You know, about what we saw and what that was like. This is not the the only thing that we we have shared because there's been other things that we we've, we've shared. You know, I think it's pretty common, also for parents to have connection with their kids. Yeah, and we we certainly do. You know, seems like a lot of people who have paranormal experiences just 
also have sleep paralysis. But people are very certain that it wasn't a sleep paralysis incident with this flannel man uh, across the board. They're like, no, I was, I was awake. Yes. No, definitely. Mm -hmm. I was, I was wide awake. Mm -hmm. Like a uh, jolted awake is is what I'd have to say. Right. Right. The room almost felt electric. Like there was, there was, there was something, something amiss in the room right away. You know, like the hair. Mm-hmm. Standing up on the back of your neck or your arms, that kind of a thing. That feeling, you know, I, d- I don't really know if that's what happened because it, everything happened pretty quick. Right, yeah. And you may have said this already, but did you notice, did he have dark hair, light hair? Was it, you know, longish, short? Um, I, I, and I, I cannot be certain, but it seemed to be lighter colored hair and it was somewhat unkempt. Mm-hmm. I think some people have talked about there being a hat. I don't remember that. And the reason I think his hair was unkempt was it was it was kind of, you know, at odd angles. I can't really remember that much about that that portion. Right, right. Well, that's the thing. Like, you know, talking to witnesses across the board, not just Flannel Man, but whatever, Bigfoot and all these other things, is that sometimes they'll just focus in on, on one thing. And mm-hmm. uh, they can't tell you too much else because they focused in... <laughs> You know, a lot of a lot of times you'll get you know Bigfoot people that are either focused in on the nose or the mouth or or just one small aspect, but that's normal. And it sounds like you know that grin kind of. Uh, oh gosh! That's yeah, not a, both that, of us got both of us. Yeah, yeah. This is a question out of left field, but this is one I've been finding with some flannel man witnesses since I've been asking. Not quite half, probably probably a quarter of the people, and this happened with my wife as well separately. Uh, some people see them at the same time, but have you had any sort of uh, weird experiences with ghostly or eerie or, or somehow some sort of unnatural black dogs? Dogs, no. Okay. No black dogs. All right. That's just something that's no. been coming up occasionally. Like I said, like about 25% of the people I've been asking, you know, they also have that, which is my wife saw them in the same room where we had, where she saw a flannel man. Pretty. She had no. seen those before in, in, uh, when she was really young. That's interesting. No, I've never had, as a matter of fact, dogs. I think dogs would be okay. The Grinning Man was not. And the, the only other experience I had like that was sleeping one night, woke up, and standing right next to the bed was a person, an older guy. It was, an, was a much older guy. And he had his finger to his mouth, and I, which I thought was was weird, you know, when I woke up. Now, this was a sleep paralysis for, for sure, because mm-hmm. it wasn't until after, you know, that I, I really freaked out. And he, in his other hand, he had a live coal, like from a fire. Wow. A coal. And he had it in his hand, and he with, with his fingers still on his mouth, he reached over, and he touched the coal to my mouth. You know, but it didn't burn. That wasn't you know, didn't that didn't happen? You know, right after that, I I woke up. You know, I was crying, scared to death because you know, once again, you know, here's somebody in the room. Right. You know, yeah. my the thing I'm most afraid of is there's somebody here with me because apparently it happens a lot. <laughs> you know? You're completely vulnerable. You know, when you're asleep, you're mm-hmm. absolute. You know, most vulnerable time, and to wake up and have you know anything be there is just is terrifying i mean you know i can't say that enough 
having experienced, you know, something along those lines, not the same thing, I very much dislike it. Yeah. There's no way to prepare for whatever it is. And, uh, you know, instantaneously to, to have to call on whatever resources you have, you know, to do something because, you, you know, you react, you're going to react somehow to, to it being there. Right. It, it's definitely memorable. Yeah, yeah, and and I mean, I I can't imagine. I mean, hearing, seeing that, then hearing your daughter call for you, mm. and then I I mean, just dealing with that and going through the house and have. I mean, what? I was by myself. It was like, what was I going to do? I had. I mean, you have to clear the house, right? Yeah. Oh, I mean, sure. You, you got to know. Sure. Yeah. Like I kept thinking, oh, you know, well, you don't want them to sneak up on you if they're in here. You want to make sure, you know, that they don't. They're, either running out the door or you know where they are. And so when I was I was clearing the house, it was freakish and horrible and horrific. I mean, I wish I could tell you I was really brave, but, you know, I wasn't. The only thing I could think of was you have to clear the house because you have your baby in there. And, you know, sh- we, we've got to make sure that, you know, you're, you're not hurt. So the, the terror and having to do what you have to do mm-hmm. you know, to do that is hard to do and tough to live through and um, you know we we probably shook together for a good 15 minutes afterwards oh I can imagine at what point did it settle in that that it couldn't have been you know sort of a natural human you saw I'm guessing let's see well after after we said we saw the same thing, and we were sitting on the bed, and when we were both sharing back and forth, you know, she told me what she saw, and I said, oh, my gosh, I saw the same thing. And she says, you're kidding. And I said, no. And, um, you know, I described what I saw, and, and she told me again what she's seen, and, you know, we thought, there's no way. You know, there's people don't move that fast. Right. And it would have been impossible for him to get out of the house. You know, you're, you kind of sit there and reason about what could possibly happen in that circumstance to, you know, make that or have that person there and then all of a sudden have him gone. Well, they would have had to have been incredibly fast. And, you know, it's just not possible because where I came down, they would have had to run past me, you know, to, to either get to her or to go out of the house. There was down that hallway, long hallway. You know, it's one way in and one way out. When we sat down and, and calmed down for half an hour or so, you know, we started talking about what is possible. And the only thing that could be possible was that it was a phantom of some kind. Right. Something. Right. So is that is that more or less comforting at that point? <laughs> um, honestly, I think it's more comforting. I'll... I'll take the one who who was there momentarily rather than the one that comes and stays. Yeah, know? yeah. I was, I'm just trying to imagine that point where you come to that conclusion. It's like, okay, is it good or bad that it wasn't? And yeah, I mean, often, uh, you know, I've I've uh, people will say, you know, a lot of times, oh, you, you hike alone. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I hike alone. Like, like, yeah, I'm way more worried about people than anything else out there. <laughs> yeah, really, that's the truth. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. 
So if you had to say, and and we don't know, there's no right right or wrong answer, but if you had to say, Flannel Man is blank, and we just, I'm just using that as a catch-all name. I don't think it's I don't. People are seeing similar things. I don't think they're seeing the, the exact same entity. The descriptions differ a little bit for whatever reason. They all like wearing plaid shirts, but. Yeah, yeah, plaid, plaid or checkered. Apparently, checkered still. Uh, yeah, and that's the in the old the you know in the old newspapers and stuff because I've uh, I found a couple accounts in old newspapers and so forth. It's, it's a very broad search term, so it's it's hard to find stuff. But I found a couple, and they usually say checked shirts, and that was almost synonymous, I think. Uh, it, you know, for for plaid back in the day. But if if you had to you know assign the, this uh, character some sort of definition do you think it's a, you know is it a ghost is it some kind of you know interdimensional thing or or you know do, do you have any kind of guess i think it's actually an inter- interdimensional thing mm-hmm. um, and the reason i say that is because it did appear in two places at once for us anyway and i, I know that's not a you know that's not a common feature for him but it did appear in the same place, you know, in two different places, are in two different places for us at the same time. You know, and what, what is going to do that? You know, ghosts, you know, it, is that really something that they do? I, I have never heard stories of them doing that. So I'd have to say that he's an interdimensional being, mm-hmm. which brings us to the, to the thought, well, why is it that, you know, he's he's got flannel shirts and, you know, checkers and which I continue to ask myself, you know, what makes him want to wear that particular thing and not, you know, why doesn't he branch out, you know, and do a lion shirt or, you know. My only thought on that is it's similar to, like, the, the man in black phenomenon thing where, where they, they kind of wear these plain black suits and these black hats that are sort of timeless. And yeah, I, yeah. I think there's, like, almost a timeless, you know, going back to the 1800s, you know, that's what people were to work in. There's almost a timeless quality to it. That's, you know, just my working theory right now, that it's it's a very sort of timeless... You don't look too out of place, you know, no matter when you're appearing yeah. in yeah. that. Yeah, and it, it's it's not... Well, it would certainly be, um, you know, unless he's standing in your bedroom. It, it was It's non-threatening clothing. There's nothing suspicious about it or whatever. It's, you know, it doesn't scream, you know, I'm here to murder you or anything. Right, yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> well, like I said, it, he looked like he was ready to go to work. Right, and you wonder if there's, you know, in some other place, there's this whole cadre of dudes in checkered shirts, you know, getting their their orders. You know, oh, you're going to Florida tonight, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> Joe, you're going to California. You know, scare them good. <laughs> <laughs> and one of them, one of them's begging for the Hawaiian shirt, and they're just not going. For <laughs> yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he shows up to work in stripes. <laughs> no, buddy. Go home, change. That's, you know that's not the outfit. <laughs> uh, well, Sheila, thanks so much for sharing your story. It is incredible. It's it's uh, the the bilocating flannel man is. I mean, all of these stories have been just wonderful. But it, it seems like one after another, I'm getting. You, you know, I get these stories one after another that that are incredible. All these different variations, and this is certainly. Uh, one of my favorites, having two people see him at the same time, is pretty incredible. So thank you so okay. much for sharing your story. Thank you so much for having me. I truly appreciate it. Thanks so much for, you know, your podcasts. I, I, I love them too. And 
Thanks to the listener that recommended you to me because I found another great source of great stories. So. Oh, well, you're quite welcome, and thanks for being a part of it. To me, that's so creepy. So she wakes up. It's there. She screams. It's gone. She hears her daughter scream. Goes down to see what's wrong. And her daughter had seen the same thing. Yeah, it's almost like a bilocation thing at that point. Or Yeah, that's kind of, I like call it the, like the bilocating flannel man or something. Uh, like it was. That's always crazy to me when two people actually see the same thing whether it's a that to Bigfoot me is, type entity or a flannel man entity that to me suggests like almost an independence to this phenomenon it appears in the same house to two different people i mean that's that's wacky you know and yeah, then i almost could, wonder if there's something say it's a mother and a daughter and they're so in tune that their collective unconscious or their their unconscious is sort of collectively manifesting the same image and they're sort of balancing it back and forth or whatever that's still completely bizarre you know what i mean that's still a, a yeah real... i mean i think if there's gonna be man i when i start going down these roads right i'm like they're reeling me in <laughs> if they're if you're gonna talk about people who share like a similar sort of energy for mm-hmm. lack of a better term mm-hmm. i think that like the bond between a mother and child is going to be probably even closer than that between um, a couple. Mm-hmm. So I think if, if it's possible that you can share, have a shared experience like that, I think maybe a mother-child relationship might be more likely than more likely, two complete strangers. Yeah, than roommates or... Um, right, you wonder if it was a roommate or if it was a, mm-hmm. a friend sleeping over or something. So I'm going to say, and my suspicion has been lately that Flannel Man has and maybe this is just me projecting sort of like a genealogical component by the way you're on point tonight you're wearing you're wearing red plaid thanks thanks for showing up in the uniform (laughs) sorry um like an ethnic perhaps like um you know maybe some sort of ancestor kind of relation to it to flannel yeah i don't have any quebecois um Lumberjack. Lumberjack heritage as far as I know, but don't you have some there's a little bit of the the that region I think a little bit of that French Canadian stuff travels down in there. Or where that uh, from that region that you know where the France meets uh, you know Germany. Oh like the Alsace. Yeah. Yeah. I really wish we had some some flannel answers. Mhm. Do you think you can maybe get like Carl Jung to come in for an interview? <laughs> I think it'd be amazing. Like to, to have like a like a like a serious like Jungian psychologist. I'm sure we have a listener. That's a. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Like the, the, we come up with with a lot of stuff. Um, you know, a lot of people. I feel like it would be great to have on staff a medical examiner. <laughs> medical examiner. You know, someone who could handle true crime things. Oh, okay. Oh, gotcha. gotcha. Yeah. I thought you meant for your own personal use. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's not like I'm not going to ask him a few questions. I'm a hypochondriac. <laughs> what does this mole look like to you? <laughs> yes, a medical person. Um, a lawyer wouldn't be a bad idea, I think, because just everyone could use a lawyer. 
when we get the uh, the strange familiars corporate headquarters, we can have a law department. Yeah, a medical department. Yeah, they would be in charge of licensing all our flannel-based products. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. No, I, I feel I, like I need to take the edge off because that story is like so intense, like that. I feel like yeah, that one to me again is oof. that's one of those that I I probably don't want to revisit real soon. It's been a surprise to me how much Flannel Man has become Strange Familiars, and Strange mm-hmm. Familiars has become the place for Flannel Man. Because to me, it was just this interesting side note. It wasn't. You're going, not going to give him as much credence as a gray alien or or Bigfoot or a, Bigfoot yeah, or a yeah. Slenderman or something. But oh no, he's better than Slenderman. Yeah, <laughs> in a cage fight, if I between Slenderman and someone carrying an axe. And it's become profoundly interesting to me and such a part of what we do that, I mean, the, the whole journey has been amazing. And I, I don't know if there's, I don't know if there's any kind of end to it, you know, uh, well, think of the Mothman prophecies or think of that, that Hellier documentary that's out now where there seems to be almost like a beginning, middle and end, although they're saying Hellier has a, a season two, which is really cool. I'm excited for that. But they seem to be moving towards something let's say mm-hmm. like moving towards an answer an explanation I, which i don't think will ever come mm-hmm. i think it always it's always more questions but i don't know where we're what we're moving towards with flannel man it's mm-hmm. so hazy it's just a a shotgun blast of people i saw him here doing this i saw him here doing that i saw him here i saw him here i saw him here he wasn't doing anything i saw you know mm-hmm. I think that's like the wonder of the internet and shared experience, like where you can go from something that had no previous documentation whatsoever to something that's easily recognized as a common phenomenon. Yeah. And this is way more common than I ever thought. Yeah. Which is completely shocking to me. Now, the the flannel man reports have been slowing down. I don't know if... We're getting out there. We're you know we're getting to the point where everyone we've who's, exhausted all of them. Yeah, yeah, everyone who's had an experience that wants to share mm-hmm. has shared with us or not. Maybe the show will bring you know. Usually when we do a flannel man show, mm-hmm. we get at least a couple more. For a while yeah. there, I was getting reports every week, and then it slowed down to one or two a month. It slowed down a little bit now, but uh, I it's still it's still bizarre just how much. Yeah, and like why that particular profession? Why not like a nurse? or a nun or somebody that you would find in if you were in like a particularly vulnerable or emotional state you know like that's yeah. what i would think i would see yeah why don't people see a priest if they're religious, religious or, yeah, or, 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 or yeah exactly or yeah or even if i think why would you not see a doctor or a, mm-hmm. or why not blessed virgin mary apparitions for catholics and, mm-hmm. or maybe jesus for for Protestants why not a stonemason or, or Instead of a... Well, he could be. We don't know what, what occupation he is, you know, necessarily. He's a lumberjack, clearly. He's <laughs> got... <laughs> could be a telephone lineman. With an axe. Oh, yeah, that's true. I mean, I guess he could be a firefighter, but, I mean, he doesn't... The only thing he corresponds to is... Yeah, not, I mean, not, most reports don't have him with an axe, you know. But most people do get the overwhelming feeling lumberjack. I mean, by far, most people like yeah. lumberjack. For whatever reason, we'll get that that lumberjack feeling. So, you get that lumberjack feeling. <laughs> well, if you've seen something strange, like Flannel Man, I'm still writing the book. I'm still collecting Flannel Man accounts. 
we'd love to hear your Flannel Man accounts. I've been hearing that some people have been sharing Flannel Man accounts with other podcasts. <laughs> I'm a little hurt by that. <laughs> but You can't catch all the flannel. I guess not. I guess not. But, you know, we'd love to hear your Flannel Man account. But if you've seen something else, I did an interview this week with a guy who saw a bunch of, like, I guess they would be described as tall grays. I don't know when I'll get that edited. These, you know, oh, so. like... Like, not short gray aliens. Not the short gray aliens. The tall grays, like, you know, regular human height. Do they have, like, little spindly legs and stuff? Yeah, or? they're still skinny and stuff, and he described it. But uh, any kind of weird entities like that, any kind of strange experience, if you've seen a cryptid, Bigfoot, anything like that, we'd love to have you on the show. Strangefamiliars.com, all the contact information. Strangefamiliarspodcast at gmail.com gets you right to us. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with more Strange Familiars, and we have the Secret Cipher of the Ophonauts coming up for patrons. Strange Familiars is a production of Dark Holler Arts, music, books, art, podcasts, and more. DarkHollerArts.com Intro and background music is by Stonebreath. Go to stonebreath.bandcamp.com for more. If you're on Facebook, you can find Strange Familiars on Facebook, facebook.com slash strangefamiliars. You can also join the Strange Familiars gathering group there.
Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.